0: G'day and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Dan Camilleri.
1: And I'm Laura McKillop. We'd like to start by thanking Enduro for their ongoing support in bringing you our live weekly Q&A. Tonight, we're fortunate enough to be speaking with Farmer Dave from Rough Track.
0: Dave will be picking who he thinks has asked the best question of the night, and they'll win a bag of Enduro high-energy food for working dogs with real kangaroo meat.
2: Hey, Dave, how are you going? G'day. I'm real good, and he'll be here for about three seconds, and he'll go and find somewhere. There we go. No, so
0: Jimmy, he's he found a bigger <laughs> Yeah. How's your day, no,
2: buddy? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. No. Cleaning out uh, dog kennels. So, uh, uh, as as you well know, we've got um, 17 different dog kennels and different dog runs, and so there's uh, 11 that are all been uh, all the yeah you know, anything that's been there for the last uh few months and all the joys that come from, you know, the, the the incredible smells. And yeah. so we were up to our elbows in, in it all day. Yeah. Right.
0: I know it all too well, mate. So, mate, um, let, we'll kick it off, mate. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, uh, where you're from?
1: Where you grew up. Where you grew up. what of the early days.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, look. Everyone knows me as Farmer Dave, but my, my, my actual name is from uh, 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 about an hour north of Gundawindi, near Mooney. So Holders up there, they've got uh, stations. Uh, a lot of people, people know it, Retreat Station all the way. Um, Mitchell and St George, we've got a few more stations out, out there where we do the the breeding, and then um, on the beach fat, and then, then do cropping um, in around Mooney. Above uh, Gundawindi, so I grew up, and uh, and like all kids in that that region, there's no school from um, from nine, and uh, it's funny. My, my mum gave me a heap of letters, and because uh, we used to have to write letters, uh, young people probably haven't got a clue better, it, but it's like mm-hmm. like to do it with a pen on paper, or in my day, I didn't have a pen licence, I so it was with pencil, but um, it was all about the dog. Was like how's my dog Della, and uh, I can just just imagine breaking. Yeah, you know, never never written a letter about how oh, how are you, Mum, and how's Dad. It's just how's the dog. It's pretty funny, but yeah. So boarding school all the way through till um or seventeen, and then uh, went off Jackarooing jack- and uh, Jackarooed um, parts of Western New South Wales, Tipperborough Walgett um all uh mallee and uh and then finally ended up uh back on the and did something a little bit weird for a a jackaroo and that was um flogged a turned off to sydney with my mates and um because i was work i was and uh you know when you're the son of the boss you you get treated 10 you know the worst Jackaroo, yeah. that's come from Pommy land you get treated 10 times worse. And uh, I was uh, working on stations that my parents owned. And um, so it was a bit tough. And uh, so we, we bar and then got to Sydney and and I did one of those weird things that only happens in the movies where agents kept bugging me. And um, and then my mates were telling me, well, this is your one chance. To you. You've got to take on the farm. You'll be stuck there for the rest of your life. This is your one chance to see the world because I'd love traveling and i have done a bit of traveling when I was a boarding school with my mates. I lived in different countries. And hey, Dave,
0: um, can we
2: can we just bring you up for one sec? Can we yeah, we we'll just but, um
0: we'll just turn these cameras off, mate, because it's just getting a bit glitchy. Um okay. but we'll keep going with, with what you're saying, if that's all right. So we'll just turn get you turn your camera off there for us, please, mate. That Two looks a lot off. better now. There you go. Doesn't it? That, that looks a bit better. <laughs> 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 there you go, mate. <laughs> So, you got in and come to
2: Sydney doing a bit of traveling. Yeah, so then I uh, went to Europe. So, it was a, a plane ride. I kind of didn't do any modeling in, the, in Australia. I just went straight to Europe and, um, and just got the travel bug and made a pack uh, in all the magazines and the TV ads and all that sort of stuff. And then just went tra- traveling and backpacked the world. And, and it was really really cool for you know for an Aussie kid from the bush going to riding Przewalski horses and seeing you know where dogs originated from and where horses originated from and seeing you know ancient Arak bones of you know 26,000 years ago Developed all these things that I take for granted in my life but seeing the journeys that were created origins you know on the Siberian steppe and uh Right across different parts. Just my whole world was exploded and expanded by a shoestring. You know, I was, I was got down to the point where I was probably spending ten dollars a day to live. And you know, you are at the behest of the kindness of strangers. And um so, yeah, I went from this—that's the life very to a, a guy that was travelling with a nothing but a rucksack and um and whatever planned. But it was twelve months, and I did about. 90 countries and and had the most incredible, you wouldn't believe if I even started to tell the stories. But it was yeah, really... Yeah, unreal. And experiencing it in the way that I think um, only a young person doing it and having no plan and no map.
1: Yeah. So
2: that's kind of what was, was that early start in the bush, but then, of course, that, that travel and that exposure. To all.
0: Well, we've, we've lost you there, mate. Have you changed your internet up at all?
2: No, I'm still relying on Telstra 5G.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll see if we, have, if we can keep battling through here. We just noticed your service
2: dropped a bit. Do you want me to What if wind down the window? Do you want me to wind down the window and yell out? Well, <laughs> uh, sometimes better. it works. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: That's all right. We'll keep going.
0: We'll keep tracking along, mate.
1: So obviously you said your parents owned a few properties and you did a bit of work from them. Did you ever, um, do you think your passion for your dogs and horses and the land come from them and that time spent there?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm I'm the youngest of 11. So all all of my brothers and sisters, they all had jobs on the farm driving the, the tractors or the, you know, we had about 20,000 acres of cultivation. So there's a lot of tractor and dozer work, work and it was, it was virgin. And uh, so my job was was always to look after the team of dogs, be it our dog Stockman's dogs, because we used a, a lot of Stockman, a lot of dogs back then. Cause you know, you when you've got, got 100,000 of timber um, country and you've got a lot of uh, cattle in amongst all of that, well then, you know, it's, but my job was was just the dogs and uh you know from the age of three that was everyone's dogs didn't matter if it was on the stock camp um on a on a station way or if it was um uh, on the home station north of gunda it was um yeah fortunate because was uh because i looked after all their dogs all the stockmen really did uh, to me what i needed to know about dogs at a very 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 young age which i, I think is um is Fortune that that few get to have um, that that connection to guys that are you know from um, which you know is a is a it's quite a while ago now but I'm working with guys in their eighties and nineties that were still on the back of the horse but but able to impart their knowledge of of time and experience from the outback.
0: Yeah, pretty cool, eh? Like something that a lot of us won't get access to in a lifetime.
2: Yeah, 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 it was it was extraordinary. You know, a culture that that I think doesn't exist anymore, where where men their their wives would be on the back of a horse for you know six, eight, nine miles around um, on the stock routes, uh, and it was it was extraordinary. The 1990s drought. Um, that's how I spent every every one of my school holidays, and of course the driving. Cattle to try and keep them alive on stock routes because the only feed in that that millennium drought was routes and moving them all the way out west of um towards you know Broken Hill and the it was an extraordinary time and you you get uh, you get to get in bad when you know you're on the road for three months and um there's nothing yep. but you and the the stockman and a whole lot of hot shitting tracks
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A, a, a bit different to uh, where you are today, mate. But we'll
2: get on to that a little <laughs> bit later, <laughs> um,
0: yeah. mate. Do you, remember, do you remember your first dog?
2: Yes, absolutely. Her name was Elsa, and uh, named after um, a movie at the time. Uh, I was given her by McTaggart, who was a, a great um, stockman and and from a, from a very well renowned Fensland and uh, Elsa was a, uh, a smooth border collie, and uh, she taught me so much about this um, and about uh, how you can move your body to intimidate the other dogs. And uh, looking after sometimes thirty dogs, and you're a three or four year old kid, that the dogs can put it. Right. She taught me a lot. Um, she was the one of two dogs on the property that were never never kennels because you know all of our kennels had to be off the ground because of snakes and, and dingoes snakes and a lot of dingoes around so she she taught me absolutely everything I need um she sadly passed away when I was seven and uh, at experience she taught me about loss and about um you know moving forward and uh, I'd luck like her. And uh, Tubbs, who was my uh, my second dog. <laughs> my dogs, he was also t- taken by a, a snake. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I've had so many dogs, um, you know, like I'm um, not, uh, not a word of a lie, but it's many, many hundreds. I've probably already used it. <laughs> yep.
1: And what about these days? What are you up to these days?
2: Yes. So not not uh, not chasing the Bush and um, and not taking on the the family station. My mum and dad, uh, dad's dad 80s and they still run a hundred thousand acres spread across about four hundred kilometres in, in Queensland. Didn't go the way that, that it was always meant to, which was me taking the place on. Um, closes another one, opens and uh, the hawks police and, and a bit of a groundswell in the Hawks of, of chasing a, a dog trainer to help out with this youth program based on the back uh, Bernie Shaft H- 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 started, um, what, 16, 17 years ago up in New England at Armidale quite extensively over the years um, with his kids and with the dogs. Um, the dog trainers in the area um, that would be able to help, help start the program and I said they're rattling off a heap of names. um, uh, They said, "Oh, look, you wouldn't be interested, would you? And I was told by my father this morning that I wasn't gonna take on the family stations. And uh, so I think with regards to everything at Rough Track, it is um, serendipity and the universe um, having a bit of knocking for a six each day. And uh, so I moved back from the end, working working with the Hawkesbury police we got our first six kids back in and uh and yeah we they all got a dog each I bought a heap of down and uh they all got a dog each and and the magic happened and uh I think from then and I think a lot of people know the backtrack model you know there's a lot of trackers in our network from down to Lake Hargelago and out to Broken Hill and we all have the same ethos and that is giving purpose and giving them um the care and love and nurture that they need to you know, to bounce and not get left behind so uh, from those first six kids we've, we're now passing almost a hundred uh, we, we will pass a hundred kids coming through this year so it's it's quite an extraordinary feat in, in such a short time um the whole Hey Dave, have you got any access to any Wi-Fi
0: there, mate?
2: I don't. Is it just cutting out? Is it? Do I sound it, like Joe Spicer? Do I?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit hit and miss at times. There, we got, we can get the general gist of it, but yeah, it's just um, yeah, your bandwidth is just um playing up a little there. So I just thought we'd ask, excuse me, ask the question. But yeah, that, that's cool, As mate. I, we'll power, we'll power on through it. Um, so the obviously um you mentioned the um backtrack model there but for the people for our listeners out there don't actually understand how how the dogs um have what what the what the dogs play in in that model with the children Do you just want to talk us through that a little
2: yeah so it's it's um the culture of the bush and and how how we grow up out there of of response because once you've got a dog in your care you're responsible for that dog, and and if you don't love yourself, the dog, because crikey, the moment he looks at you, you feel like you have a purpose. The dog, or clean up after he he's done his business, or just take him on a walk, or with you, Dan, with the sheep herding, or uh, you know all the different sports, sports. The most, but it's it's about building a relationship through the dog that we can then get their peers, uh, with their family, with their community, but just society in general. Uh, once you start response, being responsible for someone else, you start to um, have, have respect and, and that emanates out through your different relationships. So, so it's about having the purpose, it's about having response. it's about gaining the respect um, that often these kids haven't been given before because someone with a dog. And, and if they're a big black kelpie, then you know you you respect them, especially when yeah. the kids but performances with the with the dog. You know they they gain respect. People give it to them instantly. A wash that these kids have over them that they haven't experienced before because they've, they've been a problem or or whatever. But it, but it changes because society is looking at them differently, treating. Them. Um, but also it builds trust because you have a relationship with your dog you are implicitly your dog tr- trusts you with everything and to to gain is is super, super important but for a kid to to trust others is super important and so it's building the the dog that we can then get uh our benefits from by getting the kid then and uh being a, a you know a a wonderful cultivated member of society
0: yeah.
1: yeah and you're i was just gonna ask how do how do you guys um how do the kids end up in the program
2: yeah so um they come to us in in so many different other programs um so kids coming from from different shelters uh the police of course um do still bring a lot of lot of kids to, to us that just things aren't working that kid does not belong in prison because, because at the core of what we do is, is that's number one and we don't always do it but but that's our, our purpose gets me out of bed every morning is to keep kids alive the second one of course is to keep them out of prison because we, if a kid goes to prison and that's that's anyone under the age of 18 if if, if a kid goes to prison uh 98 percent guaranteed to end up in prison as an adult a, a human an Australian to a life that that um, is behind bars, and have that just because of misdemeanors as a child. So it's a terrible statistic that you know cognizant of that we've got to keep kids out of prison because um they, it really sets them up for a sad existence in their future that um, that keeps drawing them back. Sadly, so the last thing that we've got to do is give them skills for a secure future, so we break any of those cycles that they may be in their own so how do kids come, come to us it's their schools it's the police it's it's um programs but it's any kid that is doing it tough and isn't quite and uh and where the place that that gives them that belonging that, that sense of um ownership of it and uh and that's that's kind of how they come to us it's um yeah lost kids they do it with a dog by their side
1: yeah, and um, I believe you help them get into trades and everything as well.
2: Absolutely. Find jobs and yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do whatever it takes to to get a kid into a meaningful career so that they can end up uh, like the rest of um, uh, Australia having a mortgage, um, having a, a tax problem, and and having having a secure create their own family, um, so that to uh, you know any issues that may have arisen, or they can avoid by having that security based on responsibility based on trust and based on its jobs um it is a huge focus by giving them skills be it in shed with their welding, building uh or, or woodwork or carpentry or all of the different agriculture because we are a farm based program and horticulture I, I i don't suppose our our, our kids um are going do to end up on farms, but I, I they do, but it's giving them the skills, the old jackaroo type skills to set them up for manage. They're, they're often behind their peers. Their reading and writing skills are, are often um, sometimes non-existent. So, you know, yeah. they've really fallen behind their peers, um, to, uh, be it 12 or 15. And what I'm trying to do is springboard them well ahead of their time, quicker into those management. Positions and that that secure income that will um, keep them well and out of trouble as they move through the rest of their lives.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Mate, and there's a question here from Karen Higgins. Um, Earlier, you mentioned uh, performances. What kind of performances mm. did, did the kids do with their dogs?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun. So the backtrack, the backtrack model, of course, is dog hide jump which you know anyone in the eastern states knows well about it it's a big part of um the culture of of our ag rural meetups in any town if it's a two-dog town or if it's even a city like toowoomba um is one of our main performances and we do that on you know the main arenas we'll be doing the royal we've done the, the main arena in perth and of course we've even gone over to the united States. And uh, competed over there and shown off the the cool sport that is um, dog high jump. A canine ninja, and if you if you got to watch us on australia, Australia's australia Got Talent with all the kids, um, um so but for dogs, so it really builds builds on positive reinforcement training, challenge by challenge, and and very, very much so, it's about changing the kids' understanding. You know that that. Uh, scientific word of learned helplessness or shut down one step at a time and i've just got to do this achievable challenge and then there's another challenge and then another challenge i get very <laughs> complex and it looks very, very very amazing but to its core it's a single step and you're rewarding your dog for each of those steps and of course there's a, a um the, the dog's doing something quite extraordinary on one of the you know the ninja warrior challenges challenges so the kid challenge and it could be a ten, 10 second challenge but the kid just explodes with joy like oh my dog to walk across a ladder right i got my dog to do jump the quintuple steps so yep so we do the ninja warrior we do temptation alley which is just a simple recall uh area where the dog runs across 15 meters is covered in t- toys and treats and balls and so the kids got to call their dog across, and and the audiences love it because and I'll let the cat out of the bag here. But some of the kids' dogs we actually train to muck around and play with all. And the audience, you know, really gets a good good laugh out of it. So that's that's, that's a few of them. Um, no, on and on because like the kids, um, maybe I've got ADHD. That's not done with some cool <laughs> new th- thing that the kids can do with the dogs. Sorry, and- the- Look, I'll just watch the kids. Sorry, did you say think, Dave? Sorry, say again.
0: Did you say think? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think,
2: yeah, I know don't, well that. Diagnosed, so <laughs> yeah, back in my day to work if we we're a little bit uh excitable, so mm.
0: <laughs> no, it's, we and, didn't get the um, one thing you didn't touch on there that's really taken over, and I see it everywhere around now is it doc dogs,
2: so that's the big. Be- Water sport where the dogs run along a 40-foot platform or 12 meters, uh, so it's about one and a half meters or six foot off the ground, and f- six foot, five foot off the wind to a hundred thousand liter pool, and and there's all different elements to that as well. There's the the longer. We've got one of the dogs there with uh, a few of the boys that are, you know, the dogs doing seven, seven, you know, in a single leap or, um, you know, 20 to to 30 feet these dogs jump in us they can go upwards uh and then do the uh, extreme vertical or well, there's where they um it's uh kind of like like um fly ball with the lights but it's a time one way they land and then they swim and they grab a bumper from the end of the pool so you know with the kids or any of the activities that we do with the kids there's got to be steps to it so that there's that learning as a process and you've got to build structure around it and that gives them the safety net so when they are in public have 20,000 people or in sometimes 50,000 people cheering them on um, to their nerves or the anxiety that that you know in the past has led them to him but they're able to stick with their, their structure and stick with their steps and of course they're doing it with their, their best mate that's the that's the kind of the key to why we do all these crazy sports. And, and talking about the structure there do you want to talk us through your six p's <laughs> oh mate six p's <laughs> what the, it, it's quite funny that you'll you hear the kids saying it to the other kids and it's quite an echo because it was said to me by my father and i'm sure it was said to him by his father but um prior preparation prevents piss poor performance and, and uh going to an interview or if the kids are going to do a show, or if the kids, they've just got to do that prior preparation because, um and they learn it and all at times allow the kids to fall flat on their face. And uh, because you've that that prior preparation has to be something that's entrenched because a lot of these kids because of ADHD or they could be just phenomenally intelligent they've always skipped ahead those key learning outcomes and that because they find it boring. It's like, well, you know, I'm ahead. So it's about that prior preparation to make sure that they understand that there are steps in a real um, uh, pathway that they've got to follow to ensure that when they are prepared for whatever could possibly go wrong because they follow the steps correctly. One of the biggest issues with, you know the the style of kid that comes to us is that they miss us.
1: Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um. And there's a question here from Amanda Dunbar. She's asked, "Do the kids get to keep their dog from the program?"
2: Yeah. The most common question we get asked. Now, <laughs> there's a lot to that. So, track and network. Uh, they've only got you know a small number of dogs in it each program we have a time we can have up to 30 dogs and uh so i do have a thing where every kid gets that specific dog but i do love it when they share dogs and they they then get a real different feel Uh, the the learning not just the relationship they have with their dog so that they they get you know some of them might have an easy, easy dog so uh mostly no they know that that kid's ready to leave the program when they say to me, Hey, I love my dog. I really want my dog to help another kid the same way that my dogs help me. Yeah. And perspective. And and you guys know damn well from sheep herding. And that's why we do sheep herding. It is quite a complex um learning outcomes, and, and it does take quite quite a journey as those knows with our kids, but it gives perspective. I mean, your dog is on the opposite side side of you doing and you have really gotta be in its perspective and understand what does your dog see what does your dog feel control or command of your dog so it really gives that that perspective and perspective is how does another person feel and and, and oftentimes you know when the kids do come from respect of um, the law it's because they didn't have perspective they wanted something so they took it or that so they gave that feeling feeling or they hurt someone or hurt themselves because, you know, they don't have that perspective it actually does have an equal and opposite reaction to, to others. So the sheep herding gives them, and I know that they're, they're, they're like, you know what, my dog has really saved me. But I know I get a job or do a trade. I'm going to be travelling and, and I'm 16 or I'm 17. How can I look after a dog plus um, save up to get a ute um, a girlfriend or a boyfriend friend um and still be able to look after a dog when it's a 14 gives me the idea that that kid really understands what the program is all about which is taking on buck like, and and being able to leave a relationship that you absolutely, absolutely adore absolutely know that it's not going to work in the next step of your life and um if the kids you know going to be renting going to be able to have a dog let's let's be there and if the kids start getting yeah. out, often they're starting work at seven o'clock at six. Um, they go to work, they they can do you know with the uh, they're working till five o'clock. Where's the time for a kid, you know, who's going to be exhausted? What it needs to, so it's about making sure that the kid really understands that. However, in saying so answer to your question, Amanda, sometimes <laughs> I do because sometimes the kid um uh because maybe uh, we couldn't give everything to get the outcomes that i really want for each of the kids as it comes through the gate um and again um say hey you look you know what i reckon you still need your dog because the purpose of getting them out of the bed in the morning so that they can take the dog outside to do a wee and sometimes is going through some real trouble just getting out of bed is one of the. A dog is going to help them do that. Well, you know, they they can have a dog. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, and and you've done some other pretty cool stuff with dogs yourself in terms of training for um, for rescue and stuff like that. Uh, I know there's a bit of an incident involved there, but do you want to touch on? Yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. What you yeah, actually what the, what the yeah, aim absolutely. was, what you're trying to achieve.
2: Yeah, so I'm a big believer in in disruption, and uh, and I was so upset when I came came to the city and uh, would see dogs in shelter, and uh, and uh, it you know when I did a lot of volunteering at the RSPCA and a lot of with the Animal Welfare League and the RSPCA both as their ambassadors, um, but also uh, doing dogs that that couldn't leave their kennels. it, it it upset me to no end that that either a human, because of the poor choice of breed or because of whatever reason, that dogs end up in here. They are in a through no fault of their own in a prison like a concrete cell that's by by two and a half meters deep, and they don't get out of there even when someone comes in with a high. Pressure. It really upset me, and uh, that that had played in my mind of training where I had to uh, train dogs for um, urban search and rescue to jump out of planes to familiarise the dogs with the the whole process. And, look, I broke broke most of the bones in my body because my parents. And during my rehabilitation, which took me about um, two years to get back on, about a year in in, um, with broken arms and broken hands and broken legs, I couldn't do much but uh, depression. So so my parents sent me one of the... um, Uh, And I couldn't be on the station because I was a burden, and uh, my uh, so I had to live um, in the city. And my parents sent me the the darkness that I was in, and um, because I couldn't do anything, the only thing I could do and flick a treat to the dog. So you know, through pure positive reinforcement training, I think that I needed to grab my uh, um, toothbrush when I needed to brush my teeth, and and, uh, became more and more mobile um have a little cart to carry the shopping when I went to the door or whenever anyone was coming to to give me stuff or to help me um get in and out of of the shower you know my dog was doing that so she got me through the hardest part of my life and and I decided that what I was going to do was build a paradise for dogs and a place where any dog and do absolutely anything so we had um nine acres uh in the where we opened our doors to thousands upon thousands of thousands of people and thousands of thousands uh, and built Disneyland for dogs you know we had uh 11 sheep herding yards racing tracks lure tracks we had uh dog dogs pools we had um, all sorts of uh fun activities for them and then six Trainers training anything from reactive dog classes all the way to puppy class. You know, there's not too many places I go where I don't run into someone who um brought their dog to. And a big part of having that dog center and and it was quite a profitable enterprise. But that as a profit would go into um um, helping all of these dogs that were at at uh, some Freedom and and to you know if they were having stereotypic behaviour, you know they jumping against the walls, self-mutilating. Um, uh, you know, they would send a a busload of dogs down to me and just give them, you know, weeks just to be a dog again to get rid of a lot of that that mental health issue. And then they would be rehomed after that because they weren't, you know, screaming or, or self-mutilating or bashing their head against the age that they were in. So it was an all-encompassing way that I wanted to pay the The most incredible life, but 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 you know, in that one dog, Rosie, for food life, and uh, so that's why I built it, and um, it was a an absolute passion. Pro, you know, we I think gave a lot of people a lot of joy at that um, at that dog's at it, and you know, it was also a good opportunity to bring out great speakers and um, great Steve White, um, the head of uh, the dog unit. Seattle and Washington, Paul Ryan, one of the greatest clicker trainers that's ever lived. Um, so we brought all of these amazing. We had this ready set uh, a cohort of people that really learning more um, with their dogs. So yeah, it was a it was a wonderful time. We used to mostly sleep down in the dog yards, but they were pretty flash houses. The dogs all lived in, but it was very very different. We didn't have any concrete or cages on the place. So, disruptive, yeah, right. Disruptive uh, thing that uh, you know did did uh, upset a lot of people in the um in the concrete water. and um <laughs> yeah yeah. But you know, I owed it to know that there was a different way to do things with dogs and and through sport and through kindness and thrill dog, not a not a, a a faux kid or a or something that you know you, know, you can have the shelter and um put it in a prison until you know it gets to the point where it needs a green drink whatever i could in the industry yeah. um to make sure that people looked at dogs it's so a little like that we looked at dogs in the bush you know uh, which is your best mate that um that you know but um but when it's not appropriate well, why is he barking? Maybe he's trying to tell you some crazy thing in um, in a concrete cell. Well, he maybe he's saying, I want to get out. Yeah, it was a very, very, very awesome period of my my life that I look back and go, I don't know I did. And I think it was because I had a lot of help from a lot of good people.
1: And you've clearly brought that into your rough track program as well, mixed the two together by the sounds of
2: it. Free range, <laughs> like um, <laughs> yeah. The other day we were at a at a big opening of an and I had one kid kicking me and punching me, and I, I was just ignoring him because that's what I've learned from. Like, if they're not quite right, or or they they have got a lot of beans inside them, right? If a dog wants to bite you, because maybe he's upset. Um, but I'm not going to hit it, and I'm not not going to. You're in. You're in a lot of got a lot of anxiety right now and um once we can work out what's going on so yeah very much so i brought all that knowledge that i was the greats and of course i stand on the shoulders of so many incredible um dog trainers and dog before me that have i've been so lucky to to have some time to um so definitely bring everything that i learned from living with uh, 120 dogs Dogs in a free run to the to the <laughs> work that I do with teenage kids. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, there's a question here from Karen Higgins again, back on the the rough track thing. Yep. Um, she understands that each kid is different, but how long is the average time that the kids spend in the program before they are ready to move on?
2: Yeah. yeah great, great question, Karen. Uh, um, how long is the program? It's called the Round Yard Project, and anyone from sheepdog land knows what it is around the training, like really, really getting your foundations, which is, um, you know, from the school of, of, uh, of sheepdog herding. Oh, I say sheepdog herding. Is sheepdog herding? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, getting a dog to go round your sheep and bring them yeah. up to you. See, the, the Round Yard program goes for 10 weeks. It goes through the school term, and, and uh, takes the kids on a massive journey of, of uh, reducing their violence, reducing and dependencies, and and then to be able to get in front of a lot of people. And then, of course, at the end of it, um, also citizens of our community and giving back to other kids, but also giving back to the community of work. Out with floods, bushfire um, recovery, and it's and just helping out people generally. Um, Through COVID, we were doing house removals for people that had um, lost everything and had to move, and and of course the mowing couldn't get out because they had COVID. So anything and everything that we can do with the kids to get them superb Australians that we. possibly can we do and, and then they can move into core and they can stay with us like you know Dan, Joe and Ash, three years and you know we've had um yeah. the longest we've had any kids is is three three years because that's kind of the two eighteen and they've really got got the confidence um up, up and, they're, and they're they're ready to start flapping up in their wings and um and I'm ready to. To, uh, and let them go off into the distance and, and be great Australians.
0: And obviously, um, you know, we, we get a few people ask us, you know, people that run properties there um, out, out west um, or even um, north, you know, up, up in the areas you came from, and they ask us about the kids and all with good intentions of, you know, opening up their doors um, to someone that may have been in the program. Um, yeah. Have you got a, a, an opinion on that or is, is there something that these people should um, uh, know or what, what, what advice can we give those particular people that want to want to open up their, their homes to give a young fella a go?
2: Yeah, abso- absolutely. And, you know, get in contact with us or send us a message on the Rough Track Facebook page or Instagram. There's so many ways to get in contact. We always try and get back to everyone. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Job opportunities are what we're always seeking, but the other thing is is knowledge. You know, like what you give us, give to us, Dan is is giving. I'm a big believer, as as I explained when I was a little kid out there with the with the dog dogs, and and as I grow a little bit older, looking after all their horses and doing everything for them, um, I that knowledge. And I was so fortunate from such a young age to get such incredible incredible knowledge from old men and still doing it, um, but you that um, the way, way that they can live on knowledge on. So, um, you know, volunteers uh, we're always looking for, and sometimes just give us a give the kids a kind word and 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 not rouse. On. If they're doing something you don't like, like just wait till they do something you you do like, and then just say, "Hey, how you did that," because um we can always pick on people but but are we there and uh so that's the two things that anyone can do at any time is is um any job opportunities that are there but also say kind words be it on the social media or be it in person you, you can't miss us we're always in bright orange
0: <laughs> um
2: but the other thing of course is it cost program um everything from feeding the kids um right through to up around know, service, we do whatever that kids need. And if it's getting them to the doctor, if it's um getting if it's uh, getting them dressed, driving, dressed, if it's buying them less if it's um driving less, <laughs> giving them all all the skills, and um you know we have really really amazing staff, really high super quality staff. Like we're so fortunate to have. Um, and we need more. of the demand is there. There's a a lot of kids that are falling through the system especially from COVID, that didn't have the parental support have really mm-hmm. fallen behind educationally you know you miss. If you think about it you miss a week of school you suddenly turn up at school you're like what the hell are we doing here you miss two years and now yeah. like we used to take only only teenagers we now take 12 year olds and and we're looking at have t- gotten younger that wow kid falling through through the cracks so Find us. We're a tax deductible charity. That's where we need the big help because we've got the quality staff, um, um, supports like you, Dan, and and uh, Uncle Tony with the metal fabrication. But if, if we can, guys, can manage the issues in the situation because you know, as as you've well experienced, Dan, on many an occasion, there are explosions, there is violence thrown around, <laughs> yeah. but it, what we We do is we make sure that they are loved and and they learn the skill of managing their anger managing their anxiety and managing and when they're ready they're ready for the the workforce and we'll be able to to get them out there to any employment option the biggest thing that we always need is is the funds to keep us going because um through the new south wales education department we're um we're always chasing um, our tail, and uh, uh, one of my big jobs this year here is to to make sure that we can have a dedicated um, uh, support worker that that gives the, the high 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 needs of um, to to really have that secret women's business that that's required from a um, a female support worker. And you know we're lucky at the moment we rely on our thought um, of that work. But, uh, but yeah, it's the funding so if anyone can help at any time now or, or Uncle Eddie that's about to fall off the perch, you know, have a conversation with him about, we've got the results, we've got the solution. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just need to be able to get it to more. And
1: if anyone is wanting to donate directly to you, is there a way to do that?
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Rough. Um, there's a big please help uh, but yeah it's um it's 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 uh, tax it up everyone's a winner and uh, the money goes directly into the, the programs that that direct comes that we want and that is keep the kids alive keep them out of prison and give them skills so they are body don't make you feel safe when you're out at night or come back to your car that's all being smashed up or they are the the guy that you're going to rely on, um, uh, or to fix your car or, um, uh, you know, concreting your house. Most of our kids are gone out into trades, so yeah,
0: absolutely. There
2: is a, a valuable society is what we're creating.
0: That's it. And uh, just before we start to wrap up for the night, there, mate, you mentioned something that actually hit home with me a bit there. Sometimes don't point out what they're not doing or what they're doing wrong, but give them a pat or compliment them when they're doing something right. Do you think that's something just in society that we, we just don't, we're so quick to, to, to judge or point out what we're doing wrong these days rather than just highlight the good things?
2: I think it, it um, our convict past to put ourselves down and to put others down it, is Australian, you don't tend to see it, you know, in some parts of, of Great Britain, Germany. It's not in the United States of America. It's certainly not in Argentina and, and other great agriculture. In quintessentially Australian where we do put ourselves down, we do put others down, and it's the larrikinism that is very much a so part of our culture, but these kids don't need it. They, they're people of shit every day what we need to tell these kids and we need to look what he, if i've got a kid that's kicking the shit out of me or, or just exploding i'll say hey good punch just then and, and and it takes a big person to be able to say that when it really punches am sure they kick you but um <laughs> you've got to be able to do it and then you know what they'll start to, they're not going to be angry anymore and whatever, whatever frustration that that they're not able to manage at that point in time wasn't it and it's like well can you do it again but do you reckon you could hit over here because you hit that many times on that and then they're like and then they're actually thinking again and they're in you know like any dog that thought, that's you know as a, as many of our dogs just do and they're, they're not listening you know it's about giving that reward and quickly you'll have yeah the kid you want from the kid you've got um if you just reward them and see. it's it's we call it, looking for the gold there's a lot of a lot of mining that go on a little glint of gold and once <laughs> you spot that make sure you notice it and then really
0: yeah absolutely mate I, I think that's some really good um advice you got there
2: yeah and, you know teenagers it's it's hard enough i mean we're all hard time you know butterflies have got it easy they go in a cocoon they come out all beautiful. They like, gum but we don't. We do it raw as a as a species. We do it very raw. The trans adult, and it is a hard slog when you don't have the amazing supports around you, that cocoon around, and friends. That the type of relationship that I had with with my people and in, in my country, and these kids don't don't have that. And so we've got to provide that as a society. We've got to provide that as a as a, give them that protection. That's Safety to learn learn how to become an adult, um, mm. in, in a way that is not, not just acceptable, but is going to get them where they want to get. In line. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Supporting
0: them is a big part of that. Absolutely, mate. Um, really appreciate your time tonight. Was there a question there that stood out for you? And they will uh, win a bag of Enduro High Energy food for working dogs with real kangaroo meat.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Karen Higgins, She got. She got two. Yeah, there's a yeah.
0: couple left from Karen. Well, oh, uh, congratulations, Karen. There's a bag of uh, Enduro coming your way? And Dave, I'm sure I can uh, get our good friends at Enduro to spot a couple for
2: um, you guys at Rough Track there as well. Mate, we would absolutely love that And I'm sure Buzz won't get upset. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah, and I think I know where your address is as well, mate. So I'm sure. Yeah, I could even it either, eh? yeah or
2: <laughs> give me the opportunity to talk about the kids and what they do. And but you'll see them either jumping dogs, or or with you, Dan. Hopefully, um, doing some sheep herding demonstrations, sports we do, or helping out building fences, building cattle yards. The kids, they. Say a kind thing to them, and um, really pump their tires whenever you see them out and about.
1: Yeah. yeah, you got a great program there, Dave. It's um, it's awesome how passionate you are about it. So congratulations on that, and what you're doing for those kids. It's great to see, especially here in the Hawkesbury as well, and um, some of those suburbs out your way a bit more. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that and doing and, what you're doing the story- in the world.
2: We lost and very, because yeah, it's a long and very convoluted story. But um, at the heart of my side and and I think we all know that um, if you got a dog next year, you're doing it right.
1: I would agree with that.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: um, one last question. Yep. Would you rather fight one duck the size of a horse or twenty horses the size of ducks?
2: Absolutely, twenty horses the size of ducks. Ducks, I love ducks, but size and, and no thank you, they have got, got razor sharp teeth and they're descended from dinosaurs. They remind me of the Mongolian steps when I um, got to spend a few months there on those little, uh, I would love, love a mob of little horses. I actually had a few <laughs> miniature ponies. <so> <laughs>
0: Oh, well, there you go. Uh, mate, we actually just had another message here um, from Karen Higgins. And yep. she actually wants to donate her bag of dog food back to the Rough Track program, mate. So, Karen, Karen thank you very much.
2: Thank um, you. Thank you for being part about. So, thank you. It's no matter what you've got or what, what you can give, it's just, just being in your prize like that. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> and injury? No, no probably it must probably. be bloody good. I'll, I'll see how the dogs go because I pick up their shit, so I'll, I'll be, <laughs> be able to give some good feedback. No, that's, that's the way. That's
0: the way. Dave, thank you very much for your time tonight. We really appreciate
2: it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Guys, and an awesome job. I'm a uh, I'm a listener, so it's good to be out of your uh, your amazing dog talk that you do. Oh, awesome. So, so good on you. Thanks, mate. Really thank appreciate you. it. And
0: uh, to all our listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. And please remember, we learn every day. And the day we stop learning will be a sad one for all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Good night.